Hey friends, welcome back to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. I'm very excited because today I have a special guest. Yeah, hey. Hey. Hey, good looking. <laughs> oh. So today I am joined by my husband, Dean. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Because, it's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> like date night right now this is awesome it, actually it is and we don't get a lot of those no we don't we're probably going to be interrupted let's turn a this off times. for a second let's have a, some alone time <laughs> kind of alone today we're going to be talking about travel and I'm, I'm excited because we've talked about travel plenty over on my YouTube channel. I think today's just going to be fun because we can kind of just talk about whatever we feel like talking about from our time overseas to nice memories, little stories. Yeah. A things. to Z, swimming pools to jackhammers. Exactly. Whoa. Talk about that in a bit. That's yeah. crazy. Dean had to remind me a little bit. I was like, jackhammers? I'm like, oh, jackhammers. Like, well, you'll remember it all when you start talking about it. It'll all come back and then you would be like... <laughs> Maybe some tears, totally. Hold me. And this isn't really planned or scripted. We're just going to have a chat. Let's jump into it. Yeah. Where to begin? I guess the first thing to mention is that if you haven't been following my YouTube channel and you're kind of new to my situation over here, Dean and I lived overseas. We lived in Malaysia from 2011, nope, 2010 to 2014. We got married. You went overseas a couple months before me. That's right. And I had already been over there for quite a while that's right lost my job in uh, my home country and decided to get my feet wet in another country and (laughs) wow right because what's worth mentioning just a you know today's even doing that is like when you think of i know i was just talking about i was like wow it brings everything back and you're like geez is this how did that happen right but maybe everybody everybody feels like that we're sitting here because well oh we could go way back couldn't we i know we gotta start somewhere though i know we gotta start somewhere so okay the first thing we'll fill in the blanks as we go we'll go on like branch off tangent here tangent there definitely one thing worth mentioning is that if you didn't know dean is a pilot we're not getting into pilot stuff today we are not but it explains why we were overseas like yeah it explains yeah basically we moved to malaysia in 2010 but you had been in asia since like mid 2000s ish early Mm, long time yeah long time yeah because once you get into that system Right. I think with I think with teachers, engineers, everybody overseas, once you get into that circuit, it doesn't stop. You work somewhere for a while, you make your gold, you blast to somewhere else. Somebody mentions a job here and you go and you go and you go. So in that time there was Taiwan, mainland China, Korea. These are bases. Right. And Malaysia. Right, cuz I think the thing is is you almost like once you take that risk and go, well, not risk, but kind of that, that like you're going to move overseas and yeah. do this crazy ride. You realize that once you're there, you've already done the hardest part, which is leave. So then Isn't it? it's not as difficult Isn't to take. It? When we were on our way out of Malaysia, we almost moved to Vietnam. Then right. we almost moved to the Middle East. To China? Yeah, to China. Like, And it didn't seem like that big of a deal. No, it didn't. It didn't. And actually, it's funny that you should mention that because I was reading a long time ago but one of these expatriates blogs and she was talking about her and her husband's just decided you know what enough with this tax and enough with whatever and they moved to the middle east and the scariest thing was not initially loading all your stuff in a container to move with or store but that last 
shutting the door of your apartment or your house, handing the keys off to whoever. Oh, that actually kind of makes me get a little verklempt because... It, it is. You weren't there when I had to do I that. I wasn't. You know, I'm an expert at avoiding stressful I situations. I can handle a lot of like aircraft related stuff, but domestics, jeez, I can't imagine. So we were living in Vancouver. You're not going to cry or nothing. I won't you? cry, but yeah, you, know, cry you know what? I've been be known weird. to do it before. I'll try not to. <laughs> we're both in here crying. So... We were living in Vancouver at the time, and yeah. then your mom and dad had to come out. Well, I wasn't out. living there, but I, I got to overnight there. That's yeah, a whole yeah, other yeah. story. It, yeah. We're not, this is not, yeah. But your parents had to come out from Alberta and help me clean up the place, pack up our things, yeah, take our dog. Yeah, which they're awesome at doing because they're so organized. Yeah, they're great people. Anyway, that very last day, I was sleeping on an air mattress. I had one box that I was shipping the last few things back to your parents. And then I had the one box for donation and I had my suitcase. And I remember sleeping in this apartment and there was nothing in it. I got like dinner that night from wherever, Urban Burger or something. (laughs) You're sleeping on a pizza box. (laughs) I'm sleeping on this air mattress. Yeah. All the sheets and blankets were getting thrown into the garbage, like literally the next day. Or like uh, my friend was donating them to Oh yeah, to Goodwill. I never knew that. My friend picked me up. I, it was a late night flight. We had some good sheets. I don't know why you would have done that. I, they were good sheets. I gave, I sold all, not sold. I got rid of all the good ones. But mm. so it was a late night flight. So I think I slept like in the afternoon. And then I, my friend was driving me to the airport. And so she took my box and she had the one box for donation, the one to ship to Alberta. I locked the door, slipped the, the key under the door and that was it. Yeah. And I was like, and then where you, you flew from? You flew to Hong Kong first. I flew to Hong Kong. Yeah. My friend sat with me in the airport. Yeah. And then I had a giant cry right before I left. Then I got on the plane, and I remember being. Was she there when you were crying? Oh yeah. And then I had another cry. God bless. On her. the plane. God. But you know what was kind of insane, and yeah. I don't know if other people know this, but like I had never been to Malaysia before. I literally was flying sight unseen. Yeah. Right. Leaving everything. Yeah. Hopefully, shit was going to work out with you because I was like. <laughs> Well, we had a, we had just been married. I I'm hope kidding, it's I'm kidding. What the f- <laughs> Jesus. We'd been together for quite some time, five mm-hmm. six years. Yeah, but I remember. So, but sitting I remember on that you plane. getting off that plane. You have a certain look. You have your YouTube look, right? You have your mom cruising around the house doing housework or whatever look, and then you have your uh, as tired as hell look that you know your eyes are red the irises of your eyes go up into the top of your head so there's white showing at the bottom when you see that amanda's tired yeah you're teasing the badger you gotta either feed you or put you in a bed before you get your arm bit off right but i remember you coming out of there you know it's it's a muslim country (laughs) i don't know why but you're always worried like i don't i can't remember actually how i greeted you but i think i was like gonna shake your hand or something like hey buddy welcome to the jungle oh right because we were like we didn't want to kiss and like but i think we didn't anyway and then years later we realized it's just just awesome yeah who cares Oh, it's like very accepting. and It's lovely. Oh, we could talk about breastfeeding. I know. There's so oh many things. Oh my God. Things. Oh, well, we could talk about We'll talk. Let's get into that later. Yeah. Well, first of all, we hadn't seen each other in three months. That's so right. I was pretty stoked to see your face. That's yeah. for sure. God, I missed you. That was so hard. Yeah. And I think I, didn't we have a hotel room at the airport? Yes. Because we were had to like, put you to bed right away. Yeah. You yeah. wanted me to sleep, which was great. Yeah. And then we had like, chicken satays with the remember peanut those chicken sauce. satays oh. what hotel was that i can't was remember it the but Shang- it was good shangri-la in kuala lumpur at the airport was it i think it's it fabulous. is fabulous have to google it oh it was so good yeah. and i remember even right now the first thing i remember getting off that plane mm. was how thick and dense the air was everyone was a little bit short 
you know, like kind of a smaller people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when we, so we, yeah, we stayed the one night in the hotel and then the next day we ended up, so you had that shared apartment when we get into that drama. (laughs) Well, it was free. The company was putting us up. I was still in training. Yeah, you weren't done I had done yet. all the ground stuff, and I think I had just started the simulator part. Well, I like to think about this. We're describing to people what it was like and maybe, you know, relating to other people who've done it before. And you kind of go, well, was there like three phases that I felt? Or, you know, they always say, oh, yeah, there's the, I don't know what the words is, but it's just this mystical phase. You're like, oh, the my God. The honeymoon phase. That's amazing. The honeymoon phase. Yeah. Then you go through the acceptance. Why are they eating like that? Or why are they doing this? Or why are people driving so fast or too slow? And then the frustration phase. I think the last is the acceptance phase. But there's so many more phases than that. Oh, yeah. Like I was trying to see if I could find one. But yeah, and I remember sitting at, what was it called? Georgetown? No, what was that place we would go for the the chicken? Like right, remember right downstairs when we... In that apartment, the free apartment. The the Indian food place? No, it was like the noodle place. You would get your char, you know, your... Um, Charcuterie No, it wasn't that. The place we sat in for hours with our laptop. Oh, oh yeah. The heck was it called? Jeez, what is that place called? Weird. I mean, it we bothered me beyond belief because it was it was such a big part of our lives. Honestly, Old Town Coffee, Old Town Coffee, and they have like this shredded chicken with this sambal sauce on rice and the egg. With oh my god, my mouth just started watering. And some chopped onion. You know what? I could go for some of that right <laughs> <Me too. laughs> now. Wake up the kids. We're going. My buddy Chris and I, we were partners in the simulator. We've flown together at different companies and we're all everybody has to study because it's a new airplane and whatnot. And so we'd sit in Old Town, hook up to the Wi Fi, and you'd have two meals for sure and I don't know how many coffees. But the staff was so lovely and nobody cared. No. They came by, you know, remember the remember the icy lemon? Whatever so that oh, lime juice. Lime juice oh. with that egg dish or when I, I remember I got a cold one time mm. and you know, I was spending hours by myself because mm-hmm. you were still training, so and and also not just training but then having to study a little bit when you were home. More than a little bit, yeah. yeah so I was trying not to be distracting or like in the way, but I remember getting a sore throat and they had this really spicy chicken soup with noodles and like chicken bits in it Mm -hmm. oh my god like you burn your throat it hurts so bad but tastes so good and yeah i could sit there i had like breakfast lunch and dinner in that place (laughs) you know go have a breakfast go walk around the mall come back go for a massage (laughs) but you know what was nice about it so that's one thing to talk about you know the social aspect of being in public there as compared to here there was always somebody well in that area there was always there's a lot of people we knew but don't you don't you find there was always somebody on the patio like somebody outside or somebody in the restaurant yeah there was a lot of familiar faces and it was so easy to strike up conversations not just with expatriates but you know with a lot of the younger malaysians that were hanging out or were working and i mean by malaysians i say malay chinese and indian yeah you know because it is a multicultural place but it was you know i found it easier so that's when we were in kl we just stayed a couple months in um kl and then we moved to penang but my first experience i'm just gonna say what if we have the same one okay sorry i was just gonna say you one of the phases of Mm -hmm. being an expat is you feel like everyone is staring at you i was just thinking about about that and i remember being like oh my god everybody is looking at me but then what you realize is you're staring at everyone and they're just looking back at you like that's well, you, you know look what? a little different you like, hit it right on the head i think that is the case that is exactly what it is because you're so surprised you know well we're, we're caucasian caucasian so and we're used to looking at areas that predominantly you know caucasian or not not as ethnically diverse in some places in canada 
totally. Especially you don't see a lot of, you know, the the Indians from the Tamil Nadu, which tend to have, have darker skin and occupy a lot of Malaysia or Malaysian citizens. It's very like exotic, isn't it? Totally. To and see. you're staring at so many new things. Like yeah. I just shared a video on my Facebook page and it is this beautifully filmed video of Penang. And there's so much you forget. Like the buildings are all kind of have like because it's so moist and there and there's so much rain and there's so much oh, yeah. like, like the buildings a, like all algae, have like algae or, or mold not mold but kind of yeah like, like it's kind of algae growing on them and you forget that everything looked like that yeah just like there's greenery everywhere like it's so green so lush mm-hmm. and, and everybody's got a little bit of a glisten to them because you're, you're kind of always sweating a glisten and it's in case in some cases a so. serious hum. <laughs> And you think that I'm talking about the locals. I'm talking about everyone. I'm talking about people that... You learn to hold your breath when you walk in certain places. But after a while, you don't because you don't notice it. Unless you're pregnant and it's durian season and then you go running to one other side of the mall. Yeah, that was hard. Oh, is that right? Oh, one time I smelled durian, durian I I almost... Anyway. And durian is a real stinky, delicious fruit that I've tried once and... I don't know if I'll try it again. I'll try it again. <laughs> to me, they 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 didn't sell me on it with the stinky smell and the fact that they said it tastes like custard. Those are not two of my favorite no. things. <laughs> you, you don't want it. <laughs> like I'll you don't pass. want to be near that. That's not your. I'll pass. Thanks. That's not on your menu. <laughs> no, but yeah, that was one thing. Like you know, it took my body some time to adjust to the heat, mm. and like I felt like I was like warm. Like ninety nine percent of the time, and then you had to, I was like, "You're you are the funniest person." I want to find some of that video, you know, of you, and you're like, you know, you're walking along in the heat, and you're always, you know, pinch your sweater, I show your shirt, and give yourself a fluff, and you're like, "Whoo, you know, this is crazy." There's always some comment. It's a little bit suffocating. But it wasn't initially. that hot. It's well, just that it's very humid. It's thirty to thirty-two Celsius. Anyone who's who's carried a With child a in their body knows that when you're pregnant in that country and everything's touching, ain't nothing. There's no baby powder that is going to help that situation. <laughs> no, but there is prickly heat powder. Oh my god! I still have a container here. In fact, I think I want to go get it now. Just prickly heat powder oh. is the shit. If you ever want to send me a Rose present. Brand. <laughs> You know, oh, British um, Dispensary, I think, is the company that has prickly heat powder. So they have so much. Prickly heat powder, by the way, is like a baby powder texture. Baby powder with um, tiger menthol bomb in or it. A tiger bomb, yeah. No, it's not, but it like a heavy menthol. It is refreshing as any, like, you, oh. you're, you got to itch. Because let me tell you, like, when you're living in you know southeast asia mm-hmm. you could become familiar with like you know everybody got a little weird like maybe you got like a little fungus not fungus patch but it, you had a lot some of anti-fungal. ringworm <laughs> welcome to southeast asia have some ringworm <laughs> well you're yeah. wearing sandals crotch- jock itch or- jock itch yeah like you're you become accustomed to um th- that kind of stuff right it's hot and so occasionally you're like hook me up with that i got an itchy leg all of a sudden randomly you're like i need yeah. the prickly powder <laughs> yeah you'd see a mosquito in the house you'd be like lose your shit i know you want to get you want to get a rocket launcher to kill that mosquito because <laughs> over there mosquitoes kill you yeah I ain't those no little joke. bastards with the um you know the striped bodies they're really really small and you don't feel them bite and those are the ones that gave you the dengue. But it wasn't even, de- yeah, dengue for sure. But its cousin there, Chichen Itza or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
what <laughs> it's in mexico but there's there's like dengue but then i swear to god like 80 percent of the people i knew got this the other thing there's dengue and then there's like dengue's cousin also malaria? From his, no it's not malaria line that's it's it's a thing if you mm-hmm. if you know what it is you'll have to tweet me because it is um it's a thing like laurel got it like her you know anyway it, it we makes you it? feel sick no we never got it but that's a, that's an interesting thing to talk about yeah but the basic thing is that you're in a hot climate you're buying products you never thought you would ever buy oh like, i think i have i was i was like the king of linen because oh i got a sweaty so butt much i'm gonna just linen my butt sweats like crazy oh yeah and you know you're <laughs> you you come from canada and you got your boob sweat you got your you got boob sweat you're like you got oh, your denver Lord. haze khakis and your fruit of the looms which are all good products by the way please don't sue me <laughs> but you know what when you're when you're walking around in third degree heat with 100 percent humidity your gitch that's underwear balls up like you know kneaded dough <laughs> You're like, oh my god, I gotta get rid of this. I need a blend. You don't need no cotton. You need a blend. Oh my, you need a blend. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, and forget that. You're carrying occasionally a little bit of wet wipes in your purse. Well, I never did. You carried them in my purse. <laughs> did I? Yeah, Dettol was your friend. Oh yeah, the Dettol. Well, Dettol's everywhere. Yeah, but it was necessary. I don't know. It Do was necessary. Every once in a while, you get something growing on your sandal or your foot, <laughs> and you're like, "What the hell is that?" Get the Dettol. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> it's basically. Those of you that don't know, I think they sell it everywhere. I'm sure they do. But but it's like a disinfectant. It's like bleach. It's, it's like I think we sell it in Canada. It's called Pine Salt. <laughs> <laughs> you just, what, is it Dettol? No, that's Pine Salt. Well, it's, is it? It's the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it smells Burn, the same. It's the same. You know what? It's the same thing. It is. Holy no, shit! No, it's not. You hurt yourself. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't have a bath with Pine Salt. <laughs> Can you imagine? In some point, in some. I'm dying. Some, you know why? What? The smell of Dettol is so repulsive to me. Can and I just for the everywhere. record, when you got a a bun in the oven everything's repulsive to you <laughs> it's true i was pregnant for half the time but anyway you'd, oh. you'd bathe in Dettol. you'd have all these different products your wardrobe would completely change oh, because yeah. you, you know you know what if you guys you know you don't want to show your sweaty man boobs no nope. you know through your uh your cotton stretch shirt or whatever you're wearing so you're wearing button up remember i used to go and buy those button up Linen shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I found as a woman too, like, you know, yeah, we did mention it's a Muslim country and it's very, you know, very open. They're very, you know, in, what's the word I'm looking for? Like receptive to us being there, you know, foreigners, whatever, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But that said, you, you know, I am a five foot eight Caucasian woman, curvy. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable wearing certain things I would feel comfortable here, you know? And that was just like a personal choice, but I definitely found I struggled a bit when I got there. Like, what do I wear here? Like, because you're always wearing sandals, shorts, mm-hmm. dr- but I didn't want to wear dresses and things initially. Like, because you don't want your skin to be touching. Well, and well, it's the, like the whole thing too is, is when I was talking, you know, the linen phase. It's you know you'd go out and we'd buy it from uh, what was that? Was it British India company? Oh yeah, British India. British I loved India. that store. Yeah, just, oh. You know, it's like wow. You know, those linen kind of clam diggers that are so comfortable. Yeah. Well, I still have a pair in the basement. I, I can't do? get rid of them. I, I think I don't know if you do, but I oh, kept you have one a pair. pair. I was, you know, I'd wear them except I'd probably get beat up somewhere. Um, <laughs> no, but the cool thing about it is that you start off 
and you know it's not cheap to buy that stuff it's like 80 dollars for a pair of pants it was pretty expensive at it that was. store but then you know two years later you're driving your scooter with the locals in traffic in a pair of shorts and a ripped up t-shirt and that's just perfect and and then you start to the you know that's where the i'm not talking about the t-shirt and whatnot in the scooter but things start to change where you know you go to the, you go to the supermarket you'll buy chicken off the giant mound of chicken and ice totally you know where you would like remember walking into into some of these grocery stores before we discovered there yes. was expat grocery stores yeah and then we left those and we went back to kind of regular grocery stores but you walk in there and the smell of fish that's just a little bit mm. not fresh enough mm-hmm. and chicken mm-hmm. that's probably the same Although, and, let's be honest, we have never had a, like a chicken dish that even compares to the beauty of the chicken that's prepared in Southeast Asia. Like, no, never. The juiciest, most delicious. Oh. Because. Why do you got to talk about that I now? Know. I'm gonna get do you a... remember how much Nando's I ate? Yeah, well, that was Nando's. The chicken probably comes from Australia or something like no, that. No, I doubt it does. It's all local stuff. You think it's hey, hey? The... You just, just wasted hey. <laughs> Come here, hey, hey. The butter chicken. I need some butter what chicken. What was that Indian restaurant down the road? It was a little bit overpriced. But uh, Ananda Bhavan. Uh, Ananda Saab. Ba- Saab. Oh, my God. Sur- Surya Ananda Bhavan. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I, don't, I can't remember. But the, the thing, one that's of the things Penang. coming back to like and By the, the way, guys, if you heard that announcement, please send us <laughs> some tandoori chicken like right That'd now. That'd be delicious. Um, but, you know, another thing that I found was very like not shocking, but really new to Mm. me and my experience was how everything was like indoor, outdoor, you know? So our condo, for example, in Penang, you'd walk in the front doors, you needed a fob to get in or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, But then all of a sudden you're back in the outdoors. Yeah, that's right. Like you you walk in, you think you're going indoors, you open up a door and it's all like skeletal, you know, it's open to the sky. Exactly. Then you get in an elevator, which is indoors, and then you go back out, come out back outdoors. Like all the all the lob, not the lo- the hallways weren't yeah. really hallways. Like it was all open, but not exactly entirely safe. But you know what? I'll tell you because I've been in a lot of local buildings. Yeah. When it's not like that, like wow, crazy hot, crazy hot. I, yeah. I went into the police station to get a document in Kuala Lumpur. I can't remember what that was for, but I had to go get this document, and I never got a sign anyway. Here I am in the police station. And it's all closed in. It's like a regular old building. And yeah, there's air conditioning, but it's not like you'd think. And no. it is hot, man. And just, it just sticks to you. But I think there's something with that. that maybe, you know, to keep the air conditioning down or something, the air flows around. Like, Well, that's what they were yeah. saying. Like the way the design was for that building and it all helps with airflow and all of that. But yeah. we were like avid air conditioner But it's cool. Users. It's neat in any case to see that architecture oh, and yeah. to live in that. And, and you know, neat things happen to you. Like, you know, I get up very early in the morning to go to work and no one's been walking in, in the halls yet. And I go wait for the elevator and you'd see, you know, a giant lizard, mm-hmm. you know, not the little gecko, but the big lizard on the wall or some bug that would stop your heart. Oh my God, the geckos. You know, like, I like, just had a conversation about this with this mom the other day. Who did? Me, I was dropping Esme off at school uh-huh. and there was like a chipmunk and I, I don't know I was taking a picture of this chipmunk and then we randomly started talking about these uh-huh. animals and uh I do anything for the Instagram story and then 
But then I had this memory of reaching to go in the morning. You'd wake up, obviously, coffee first. I go to reach for my coffee and this little gecko goes shooting out of the coffee area. I'm screaming and there's this like, you know, a gecko the size of my hand shooting up the wall. And it's like you'd see them all the time or you'd have a shower at night and then you'd look at the window and you see these little all these feet, feet prints yeah, on the, on, other on side the of frosted the glass all these geckos on it and you think oh isn't that neat how they did the frosted glass you know yeah no but it's a real gecko it's a real gecko yeah, 18 floors up man hmm. oh man but yeah. you're sure not scared of bugs after living there Oh, do you, I, we would go to the post office or like just down the hill from our, from Alila yeah. and you would see a giant, uh, what are those, what are those giant lizards? Oh, a monitor. Monitor lizard. Oh yeah, man. Those suckers are big. And you, and the first time, like they don't tell you about those when you go to Malaysia and you're thinking, oh, it's a cute iguana. Some of these things are three, four feet long and they haul ass when they run, but they're scared to death of, of you. Cause I think that the locals, uh. Uh, my driver, he said that they eat them. Oh. Yeah, they're quite delicious. Apparently. Well, I, I've heard. I haven't eaten any monitor lizard lately. No. So, you know, talking about this and rehashing a lot of our fun stories and stuff, like when you think about Malaysia, what, you know, would you go back? Well, I, initially I would say yes, absolutely. Right. But then you have to add in the job, like, is there a job for me there? Right. And also the work life and the expatriate relaxed life is not the same. You know, you forget that when you go to these countries that uh, you're going to be treated a little bit differently because you're expatriate, but you still have to, they're big on you abiding by the rules of the workplace. And uh, let's face it, Asians, they work very hard. Well, I won't say all of Asia, but I'm I'm talking about like Southeast Asia, Far East. They work and um, you're expected to do the same. So from that aspect of it, mm. yeah, although the dosh is pretty high, like the money is, right. is pretty crazy. I think... You don't make money like that on this side of the ocean. Right. You know. Right. So when we started this episode... Unless you're like Beyonce or something and then... I'm basically Beyonce. Um, So when we started this episode, you had mentioned that we, you know, one of us is talking about this often and the other one is like, you know, maybe not wanting to listen to it all the time. I think when that, the one of us that is talking about it all the time is Dean, for sure. I often wonder like, why is that? Why do you always look back and want to go back, but you don't have to answer that right away. Because what I was going to say is, when I think about going back, I think the part that I go, yeah, it would be amazing, but it would be in an entirely new and different experience than the one that we had. Because the people that we know aren't there anymore. Right. Right? One of the things we discovered while we were there is like, there's kind of like this two to four year cycle for people. Or, or even less than that. Right. Yeah. A year. Because people get these contracts. Yeah. And they come in, a lot of them are like two years is kind of the good ones. And so they set up shop real quick. Yeah. Expats tend to make friends real quick. Yeah. Because you're just like, bam, we're friends. And and that's, wow, if if I had to pick anything, you know, I was reading some Anthony Bourdain quotes about the travel thing. And I won't quote that because I don't remember it exactly. I will. You know what? Oh, you'll you'll quote it. Travel changes you. As you move through this life and this world, you change things slightly. You leave marks behind, however small. And in return, life and travel leave marks on you. Most of the time, those marks on your body or on your heart are beautiful. Often, though, they hurt. Hmm. Yeah. 
It hurts me to think of Penang sometimes. Well, that so just to kind of get back what you were saying about this, you know, the the coming and goings of expatriate life. I wasn't that involved in the expat life because when I when we moved to Penang, I worked around a lot of local people, and you work a lot, so you're kind of used to a different, you know, uh, group. So the expat community always seemed quite foreign to me right and i never really felt like i fit in with that group i mean there's certainly some great people that i met and and hung out with sometimes and uh i miss them a lot you make fast friends and they're very maybe it's just it's anyone they could have any kind of life uh, uh boring or not but it just they just seem so colorful and exotic and interesting and they talk to you like you are as well well, I think you, know? you and I have kind of talked about this a lot, but mm. the types of people who are willing to sell all their shit and go live somewhere else mm. tend to be a, you, you know, like these fringe people, you know, we've kind of used that term fringe yeah. where it's like they are willing to take a risk and, you know, you don't know, like if you're going to jump, you don't know what's going to happen when you land, no, you know, you don't. and you don't know how things are going to roll. You don't know who you're going to meet, the types of experiences you're going to have. And yeah. so you meet these people and it's almost like you've jumped a few la- layers in conversation. Like, you know that these people are your people to a certain degree, like in some ways, yeah. but also, you know, coming back to like how long people are actually staying in the town that like, you don't, they might only be there for another six months. So you don't That's have time true. You could to be, like... You, you could be catching them at the end of it. But the, but the great thing and, and, you know, the contrast between you're going there, there's a swimming pool, it's a little bit scary, you don't know anybody, oh, you get to meet people, you start doing things, and then you start coming into this regular, rich, colorful, beautiful, smells, lovely food type life where, you know, you can't imagine doing anything else. And then... That one day, your friend, and this happened to you far more mm. than it did me, mm-hmm. your friend, you know, is in a, a group and all of a sudden she announces or he announces that they're going, they're going, we're moving. When are you moving? Three weeks. Three weeks. It's That's like, it. holy shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden yeah. you have like two more chances to see them and there's tears and, you know, and we'll keep in touch and all this type yeah. of stuff. And, and, and you do to a certain degree. Like, I feel like the people that I met there. I have two two friends in particular that I'll like have a call with and it's like no time has passed like it's such a bond that yeah especially because I had both of my children there you know we had our babies there so it's like to me especially as a woman like I feel like it changed like I changed so much as a person while I was there yeah that it's like you know, I almost like imprinted or Penang imprinted on me and it's like I can't well you started off as the new you weren't even a mom yet no the new girl around and and you'd see people t- twice in the mall or whatever and you'll just go up to somebody and say hey why do we my friend that's how i met amy <laughs> that's how you meet everybody you're amy just, was in forever you're one of 21 most friendly people i've ever met in my life it's just like hey what's happening here? of course I'm that's like maybe that how we met i don't know <laughs> Kind of. It's like it's like Esme when she sees kids at the park, like, you want to be friends? Yeah. That's but me. you went from that type of person right. to, in the end, before we left, as being like, you know, the not the queen bee, but the... Oh, the, I was the one hosting the baby groups Hosting the, the baby groups and bringing people together. And then, um, you know, our good friend Marissa also maybe... She's still there? She's still there and she's still doing... Oh, yeah, she is there. Yeah. I wonder if she was there. Oh, her Instagram photos, like, bring me joy and break yeah, my heart all the she's, time. Uh, 
South African. That's it. And she's lovely. And um, she actually threw me a baby shower for Jack. She threw you a baby shower. Oh my, she took care she of us. She rescued us that day. Do you remember that day? So back to the sickness part. Yeah. Let's segue away. <laughs> We're just all over the place with this. Just but roll isn't with it, it. Don't you find like there's no way I can talk in order about any of that experience. Oh, it's no. just like a blow. Yep. Maybe this is good therapy. It is. But that one time, did we have Esme? It was Esme. She was like not even a year old. We but were, did, were we sick? We yes, were, we both got sick. We both got sick, and it was some. My, what was your experience? What, how did you feel? It was a blur. I needed to sleep like like I couldn't keep my eyeballs open. Yeah. And it was almost like mastitis sickness on my end of things. Like I needed to rest. Yeah. And you were, you know, working around the clock. So basically what happened is we, so here's the thing we haven't really talked about yet, but like obviously we had our babies there, but we didn't have family to help us. We had no. some help, but we didn't have like a live in 100% person there every single day. So it was hard. That was yeah. not an easy time. But but just to go back to the expat thing, you know. So but we're talking about Marissa. Well, I, that's what I was oh, going to say. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm in trouble. But what I was going to say about it is that we were so sick. We had that gigantic apartment that you had to walk for quite a long time to get to the other end of it. And that was my day sleep room when mm -hmm. I had to work. And then you were on the other side with Esme in her room and mm -hmm. your room. And I remember being on the other side and just that, like that physical pain. I don't know what was going on, but we were I was scared. Yeah. Like, and we didn't really have that many close friends. And, you know, I'd already called in sick for work. Mm -hmm. and, and here you lie. It, and that's a scary, this is a scary part about being an expatriate. You're so far from home. You have nobody and you get into trouble where you're sick. And what's more depressing is you're sick as a family. Mm. Like, what were we supposed to do? There's no one to call. There's so no I literally had just met her. Yeah. And I remember we were just getting to know each other. Like, can so if when you're listening to this, like, you just imagine you've just met a person. Mm -hmm. You actually don't know much about them. Mm -hmm. um, but you're so sick that this is the only person that you're going to call. And I remember texting her and being like, I really could use your help. Like, I am so tired. And I think I may have posted on Facebook that I wasn't feeling well. And so she kind of was like, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? And I actually went, yeah. Could you come and like watch Esme for an hour? I just need to have a little nap. Like, yeah. I'm so tired. And she came. Yeah. And we felt comfortable enough that we actually let her take Esme down to the park. Yeah. And she went to the park and took her down that hill and pushed her back up and just gave us like two hours to just rest. And it was... Yeah. It sounds like, oh, that's just minor, but it was, that's a big deal. That was a big deal for it would, me. It was minor if it's just like, well, we need a little sleep here, but we were both KO'd. Like, yeah. It, I, I was, that's the first time I've been that sick. I don't know. It, it didn't even dawn, dawn on us to call the hospital, but that's pretty well where we were. Oh, I was, I've been sicker before, but that was pregnant with Esme that's in true. Bali. Oh, that was goodness. insane. That's, yeah, that's another story. They, most of them that comes in the it. jackhammer section of yeah. the uh, of the podcast. So I think to kind of sum that part up is like you make these friends, and it's it's it can, it can be not obviously you're not gonna not every, you're not gonna befriend everybody, but it can be a very instantaneous friendship, and mm -hmm. it's fast furious. It's like you fall in love hard because you just don't know how much time you're gonna have with these people, yeah. and so that's where I feel like these connections are so strong because it's like you want to get to that good layer of friendship like real quick, you yeah. know, because. You also are craving that. I was really craving that. I was so lonely that I swear to God I had forgotten how to be social. Like I actually... This was before. Before. Like yeah, oh, sure. When sure. I first 
we first met our neighbor. I remember emailing the expat women's group and being like, hi, I'm from Canada. Like, I would love to meet people. And then they emailed me back and said, oh, they're your neighbor that lives right below you is from Canada too. I literally emailed her and was like, hey, I'm moving to the building. I'm from Canada. We should get a coffee. Like, I was so desperate to meet yeah. people. So anyway, coming back to like how those connections are so, well, so important. And, 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 you know, with the Anthony Bourdain quote, you know, People are like, why? Why would it hurt? Why would there be scars? And and the big scar, and you know this this constant lamenting. Like I think about it a lot. It's just that feeling. Yeah, there's stress, but you know there's warm weather, and and there's kind people, and it just feels life is is more colorful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is, but it just is. It felt and so And when they free. leave, or they go away, or you know whatever whatever the case may be yeah they take a little bit with you didn't you feel like like free i don't know i felt like it, now you had a different experience because you were working your ass off and i was like yeah a stay-at-home mom person but i felt like there was something where maybe because and i don't want to like hurt people's feelings but we were really far from family so there wasn't that responsibility of having I don't know, like it was so, like you were so far removed from everything mm-hmm. and almost in this like vacuum of an experience with people. I don't know how to explain that. Like if you wanted to go to Singapore for the weekend, you're like, let's go. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, you, I thought, yeah. Oh, you had, for like, sure, jeez. You're so restricted by these golden yeah. bars here and, in and, Canada. And, here you, and, and the, you were so unrestricted there for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one, you, you didn't have to pack a lot. Number two... It was cheap to travel. Cheap as chips. You yeah. get on any of these low costs or or, or where Malaysian Airlines or or, or um, you know Thai or whatever, and it, it's not expensive. And you get to where you need to go. You make a deal for a cab. You go to a nice hotel, which wasn't expensive. There's always a person to help you. Your phone breaks. Call that guy. Call yeah, Tony. Go, Here's hey, Tony's go, number. You go. Your phone breaks. You go to Seven Eleven. They fix it. Totally. You don't remember that? Oh, you'd yeah. be talking on. Your, I'm like, can you unlock my you, iPhone? People Done. are like, I'm gonna have to put a new SIM card in. No, I just put. Just take your phone. Go to Seven Eleven. Buy a you know, 100 ringgit card or whatever, throw yeah. it in there. And like months later, you're talking on it. You're like, this is weird. <laughs> it's not like running out of time. And you remember you would just get numbers from people, like the propane dude, but there was always like the dude to come and fix your, you know, what did we have a natural gas? No, what was it? Our stove? No, you know what? Our stove is like a backyard barbecue Pretty much. in the counter where you just have a propane tank. The guy, there's no hookups to any outside propane no. or gas. The guy comes in with a big bottle, bigger than your normal North American propane bottle, puts it under, and hooks it up to these burners. Right. And there you go. But what I was going to say is, you would have somebody from your expat group yeah, giving so you like, Tony's number. Guy. I think his I legit think his name was Tony. Yeah. And you would text him and be like, I need propane. He'd be like, when la? And you'd be like, now. Right now. Okay, <laughs> Kayla, be there. 20 minutes. Yeah. Done. Cash. Yeah, Thank cash, you. bang. We came back to Canada and people teased me because I didn't know how to use tap because we it, all we, tap. exactly you don't even know it's like how you pay for oh things. your card yeah because well, my it was card all doesn't cash. Have, it doesn't work or it's supposed it does to work, work. but no what it I'm doesn't saying I've is tried like, it. he's like here we go but you know because you use so much cash while you were there like we did anyway like yeah you always carry cash and yeah. there's an ATM everywhere. 
but coming okay, so we we called this episode swimming pools and jackhammers for a reason because it wasn't all sunshine and roses so one of these really good things about you know so you meet the people there's the scars they come and they go and then you know they then they you get the what would you call it like the visual experiences of, of being in this place Okay, so we moved to Penang. Yeah. We, we, we got in the elevator in Kuala Lumpur with all of our stuff. There's, a, there's some pictures, actually. I should and we, we took a van, movie. right? Somebody drove us. Yeah, we rented a van. And and we had our, our Ikea lamp. <laughs> Remember the one with the shade that kind of had <laughs> like did. the... You probably have it at home, so it's fine. The Ikea lamp. Everybody's got that lamp. Ikea lamp. And our boxes of stuff. And here we sit. We're... We're in this little tiny elevator going up to took Pen- us took us to I the Viscana Hotel in Penang. It was kind of like not acceptable for a long period of time. Yeah. So I went downstairs and I was taking a taxi. Kamal, who was my driver for many years, I didn't know him at the time, and he he was driving me. And he because what you did, mm. and just to give that little anecdote, but you basically went to the concierge guy and was like, "I need a driver, like a good, reliable." taxi guy because the taxi drivers know everybody in town sure they do. so if you need something your taxi driver is going to know a person and it's all like commission based for them too like to a certain degree oh they everyone's getting cut and everybody kind of knows that but so you meet kamal through the hotel and then kamal ends up being like a figure in our life for the next four years yeah. Like he drove you to work every day, every there day. and back. His every wife day brought us he, food. He was a good person. He got so much. You know, in Hari Raya, he, they would bring us a, a special because Kamal was from um, Tamil Nadu, which would be Chennai area, southern, uh, southeastern India. But he was Muslim. He was a Muslim Indian. And, you know, they celebrated. He was very devout and he celebrated all the holidays. And But they would always share, you know, the cuisine with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, you know, remember the funny thing about the turkey? So one Christmas, <laughs> so Kamal and his lovely wife and their kids, we gave them, we decided, uh, we went to use this, remember the Mutu, the, the, the uh, lady that had the meat, the meat uh, store? Oh, yeah. So oh, it's not a meat store. If you things. walked in there, you know, cold from having going to a Safeway or whatever, this meat store would scare the hell out of you. <laughs> So you walk in there and, you you know, hey, you know, she's always making a deal. And then she found us lobsters one Christmas. Yeah. So we took our million pound turkey, 25 pound turkey or whatever we had. Because we got a turkey, but then we decided we weren't going to have lobsters instead. Right. Right. Because yeah. you Hello. don't want to be throwing it. Remember we had that double oven? Well, I don't even think we knew how to cook it. It wouldn't have fit in the damn oven. No. <laughs> it was huge. See, it, we the had a small oven. Because like. Anyway, to finish the story. But they don't cook with ovens. So we had to buy like an external oven thing. Anyway, I digress. Carry on. Story time. So we gave him the a turkey. And I can't imagine. I can't remember her name. She was lovely. I can't imagine what she would have thought. Handing her this giant turkey. First Kamal's of all. wife. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think she's ever seen a turkey. Mm. Or even really knows what a turkey is. It looks like a giant chicken. Yeah. So we gave it to her, and what, she, what did she come back with? This most amazing turkey curry she made. Mm-hmm. And remember in the stacked uh, uh, steel pots? Oh, yeah. They stack like a tower, and they have that one strap that goes... Which are super trendy right now. Everyone's using them. Is it? Yeah, I got... Yeah, I get emails about them. Uh. They're, I, I can't remember what they're called, but they're very good for like recycling, and like people are very you know. We should get some free. of those. I know. We should send Esme to school with that as a lunch. I, it starts with a T. It's like a... Anyway, I can't remember well, the name of it. I'm sure one of your viewers will know what it's called. But it was the funniest thing because she came back 
with turkey curry and we were like what it was we're delicious like, like, and it was awesome yeah we just ate that oh was such, such a, a fabulous food. cook oh my god but anyway so you go to mood too i don't know what was the point of that whole um not sure ah, we're, we're just talking we're telling stories oh yeah the visual point. so the visual part of it we were in the hotel and then come out you know dude can you take me around to some places and the, you know finding an apartment it's not like finding an apartment here so you'd go to these apartments and you know some of them are just like wow oh yeah just amazing but it's not the same as you get here basically if someone shows up to show you an apartment it's a miracle there they are there they're like want to go sit and have a coffee they drive you all these places talk about any anything you want done to that apartment i'd like it painted pink done Mm-hmm. Well, let's be honest. They also knew this conversation another day, but they, you know, there was definitely a expat tax. Oh, the expat like- tax. That's on the <laughs> second part of this. So the first place that we got was overlooking the ocean and then that beautiful island. Mm-hmm. In the morning, you'd wake up and you'd see the sparkling water. And at night, for some reason, you know, the, the changing air over the water would appear much closer. You'd remember opening that door, seeing the water and just that big gigantic mountain like hill oh yeah and the smell you know we had that mint or a peppermint smell and then the beautiful smooth cold floors and how many bathrooms were in that place i mean there's just bathrooms there was three bathrooms in that first apartment yeah and the beautiful pool and just walking around in a city like that that's a unesco heritage site but you can just go to nando's after you've done that and get yourself a coke and some chicken it was McDonald's buy and KFC a, at the mall. Go buy yourself a coach bag. Yeah. You know, I hung out at Starbucks a lot. Hang out at Starbucks. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, they I mean, got to it, know it, me. In fact, one of my favorite memories is when they opened, do you remember, when we were living in um, uh, the other side of the island and they opened up the drive through the Starbucks drive through Oh, right. Which, I mean, is usually not a big deal, but anybody who has a, as an infant child that you don't yeah. want to unbuckle and put back when they're asleep. Yeah. And you're like, we ain't leaving the damn car. So yeah. you could go through the drive-thru. But it got to the point where they knew who I was by my order. They'd be like, hi, Miss Amanda. Hi, Miss Amanda. <laughs> Wasn't that wild? And it's Danielle. Like, and, and, you know, in that area, Penang and, and on the mainland, which is also called Penang in some places. Yep. There's like two and a half million or three million people in that area. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. So you kind of yeah. They recognize so you kind of voice. stand out. You yeah. you get things because you're an expat, and also some things are taken away from you. So there, and you know, there's the visual things. Like late, later years, I love the jungle. I love to go oh, on those walks, yeah. and I, I just love that stuff. And um, I you know what I loved. You made me mm-hmm. say something. You said later years. You you would you remember like sitting by the pool mm-hmm. at Alila, and then there was like that couple, and they were so quiet and gentle and elegant and they would swim in the pool and they were definitely retired the, the older british couple yeah and they yeah. just had like so you could get different sizes of apartments we had like one of the penthouse ones because we you know yeah we wanted a bigger space if we were living in a condo yeah but they had you know like the three bedroom one just the small with the smaller balcony yeah because they spent half their year living in the uk yeah. and then half the year living in penang yeah um and you met lots of people like that like shoot our neighbors that we don't want we only saw for a couple months a year actually lived in alberta remember he was from alberta and she was from she was from south africa yeah but yeah. they're actually based out of calgary but it's like right, right. so you'd meet these people that were just living this really interesting life yeah and yet they made it seem so simple but yet a lot of people i feel like you know and maybe this is where we're gonna like switch the conversation a bit but like when we came back it was such a reverse culture shock and people still are like 
they still think it's like, why would you do that? Do you know what I mean? They don't understand. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, I mean, you get into the, you know, but before you go there, yeah, yeah. so you know, you have all these, you know, real interesting, warm, wow, this is cool. And then you get into the, oh, this really irritates me that I go to Tesco and they don't have any more um, maple syrup. <laughs> they have no maple syrup in that whole country. How well, am I did. supposed to eat my pancakes? I'm I sick spend, of Nasi Lemek. I would spend $20 on maple syrup occasionally. Oh, yeah. It was, was very like expensive. 60 yeah. ringgit. At the expat grocery store where it had the worst, you know, you'd buy a wheel of brie for like $15 oh and, and you'd open it up and it'd be like, oh, my God, there's a, something living in it. Or because it's, Yeah, it's not the country for that. Well, you know, maybe the whole reverse culture it's not, shock. It's not, the, it's not the wheel of brie country, really, is it? <laughs> No, yeah. but I think maybe the reverse culture shock I got ahead of myself. I think maybe we'll have to save that for another episode because there is so much to talk There's about. There's more to talk about in, than just one episode. Totally. But yeah. so you're in these places. They're so beautiful. You've settled down. Right. And then... <laughs> the jackhammer. <laughs> and then the freaking jackhammer. So you, for the life mm. of me, and even today... I think I have some serious PTSD from oh, we, that jackhammer. We both do. When I am sitting in the backyard... And somebody starts playing music. Honestly, I start getting it. Like my eyes starts to twitch because I'm like, "How dare you think that yeah. I want to listen to your stupid ass music?" Because like we skipped the whole sticks thing. Oh my god. Okay. So, so the wait, first. But, but before go ahead. we before we even get into like actual <laughs> specifics, what for some reason? Now this could be very general to say, but our experience in Malaysia, the music in the mall obnoxiously loud. Is there some science around loud music and people spending money? There must be. Sure, there is. Kind of like in it's like in a casino, casinos where there's no clocks and yeah. no windows. Yeah. There's something to it. So the, the music was loud. And then we were living in our first apartment, overlooking that pretty water. Yeah. I mean, both apartments looked at water, but that one. And one night we're sitting there, and I'm like, I I think the windows are vibrating. Yeah. Right, like boom, boom, boom. The wall boom. Oh was. God was resonating i don't know if it's the concrete they use in those buildings whatever but i couldn't believe it no, like you could feel and it was the mall this, wasn't that close it was this deep go find me a submarine kind of like acoustic booming you couldn't get away from it you couldn't get away from it no and and we're trying to find it and we're looking around and finally we look out the window and there was this little bar called sticks and this place was the most ridiculous place i've ever seen it had almost no patrons we ate, <laughs> we ate there once the food was crap oh, and shit. we're expecting we're like hey let's order let's order a drink and a coconut <laughs> well it took like 20 minutes to get it and then when we got it, it was ice and it was nothing exciting no so this is the place and they would get some guys in there after the bar or i don't know what and the it was deal open was. air like it, it was, was attached to air. the mall but not really it was kind of like across the road yeah it was in this it little was in, medium right. thing yeah and they would play music but that deep bass they must have got from like an old russian missile submarine or something <laughs> that i don't know what it is but it used to shake you to your core and i remember conversation after conversation with that manager oh. at 2 30 in the morning and i had to Kamal would pick me up at 5 30 mm -hmm. and then, can you shut your f and music off so this is the oh thing. we can't we have to make you know Make our patrons, patrons happy. happy. Or and you look through there, there's and there's two dudes in there, and they're just sitting there. You're like, what, what are you doing, guys? Like, 
order a drink and get get home to your wives. What are you doing? And the reason this is a problem, because in Canada, there are noise bylaws, right? So like you pick up the phone and you'd call and make a complaint. And within 20 minutes, the noise is gone because cops have showed up or whatever. Yeah. So you're used to like, there is a problem. Here is a solution. Right. Done. Here's a thing That's in a Malaysia. So one time, Dean and I were having a discussion and we mean no disrespect by this, but it's just kind of the way things go like you'd be in an elevator you're in this beautiful building right there's a little this is a little story explaining kind of how it works there so you're in this beautiful building they spent all this money and time to get this building up to par and you get in the elevator and one of the lights is burnt out (laughs) (laughs) and nobody will change but it's not just burnt out when you first notice that it's burnt out years late yeah or whatever but like no one will change the light bulb it's okay la there's one working yeah there's one working. What's the problem? That's right. It drove that stuff drove us nuts. Like it drove us not, but, but nuts because it, it was with every single thing. Yeah. The answer was always some. You couldn't. There's there, no rushing anywhere. There's no rushing. Although there's some things that are incredibly rushed that are, we'll talk about in a second. Like post road, office, not rushed. No. Well, <laughs> post office was awesome. The chickens, um, anyway. Po- post office chasing the hey hey chickens around. <laughs> Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. So, you know, that slow kind of thing, it, at first, it's like, it's charming. Mm. It's cool. You're like, this is great. Yeah, I ordered a beer like 20 minutes ago. It I'm didn't arrive. I'm still thirsty. Yeah. I'm still thirsty, depending on where you go. Yeah. Or you would go get a, get a this is one you'll like. Mm. We'd sit in that, remember that steak place we went to? That one, it was like a barrel or shaped like a barrel or something. Oh, yeah. And we sit in this really cool restaurant. We're like, oh, we're so excited to have a steak. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Mine came, yours came first or mine came first? Oh, my first. God. They always so they, brought your food first. So they serve whatever was ready first. There was no like, okay, I'm going to carry it out of my arm. You've had the salad. You have the salad. You know, <laughs> It was all like, okay, here, la. Oh, the dessert came. So here, I have the dessert first. <laughs> it was weird. But then, like, that's not to put down restaurants. Then we went, remember that Italian place we were going to? There's two fellas that go to Italy, and they learn all, everything about making the pasta, the risotto, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it was the best Italian. I've been to Rome. I've been to Milan, and it's got some great food. But this was like, what? Yeah. There's definitely that element of, like, the honeymoon phase. These are all the things that are amazing. These are all the things that you miss when you're away. But well, then... You, so you go from the, wow, honeymoon phase, yeah. then you go through it. New and exciting. So the thing, like, the restaurant, it drives you crazy. Right. And then the post office... Come on, man. Trying to get things done was a hassle. Do you remember when you when we have to get like the kids' visas? We'd oh forget the visas, trying to get their passports. Oh for my the god! Love. But it wasn't the Malaysia. It wasn't a Malaysian mm, problem. I know that's. Well, it was a Canadian problem. That's true. At the at the embassy or whatever it's like, called. Remember that guy wanted to have a serious talk with us about some stuff. Well, and- that's because of that BS law where our children have to in order for their babies to be canadian they have to have them in canada right so like if esme, so esme and jack marry foreigners and they're in their a foreign kids country, aren't canadian they're like exactly which is or, bs or they are living overseas with mary having married a canadian mm-hmm. and they have a kid and their kid can't be canadian unless their partners are canadian and oh, they're born it? in okay. canada it's a whole garbage thing anyways yeah. i digress but there's so there's things that like where in your home country, tasks, 
probably like meaningless things would be so much quicker. And so we're so used to things being done or in a certain way or just these just different ways of doing things where you start to get frustrated and mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Like I really need to go back yeah. to Canada or just be somewhere. Like we went to Australia. We went, you know, we, we did visits that were away and then, but you still, it's funny how you still remember all the good things about the yeah. place like you don't tend to romanticize well i think there, like you said what well, we already said you know you're entering the honeymoon the honeymoon phase you get frustrated then the acceptance phase mm. and the acceptance phase i think is where things start to seem like routine oh let's go to nando's and have chicken again oh let's go to angkor wat again in cambodia which was lovely but did you i found personally traveling because it was not spontaneous as enough and i was coming back to a place that was a travel destination after a while i was just like yeah what's on netflix that's when we got you know i think we started watching more netflix i we don't did know. but also yeah. you're a pilot so it'd be like you don't you don't if you were a masseuse you're not coming home and giving your wife a massage like you're like i've done this all day i'm good oh yeah true so true. like you yeah. know you and also, at the end of our experience there, we had two babies. So we did. Traveling is a little bit of a shit yeah, show. With you know, tiny... I tend to forget about the babies, but <laughs> they're a big part. And I think too, maybe one of the reasons that we have such like a love for the place is that our lives changed so dramatically while we were there. We showed up with two backpacks and two suitcases, and we left with two humans <laughs> several backpacks several backpacks and we several sent home a bunch of boxes yeah and we, we mailed by ship I about don't know, eight boxes or something like eight that. Jeez, <laughs> ten I, no there was uh, there was way more than that well they weren't big boxes they're not like the home depot boxes you get now well they were big enough and they were heavy enough you wanted to say stuff like do you want this uh you know first edition of charlotte's web we packed everything you wanted. We packed books we that we still have in boxes downstairs. And I still can't look at them for some reason. I, I opened some boxes in the summer. Last summer, we were decluttering that area that I still can't go into. And I get so emotional because it's like all the smells. We opened a box and the scent of the detergent that we used in Penang, like, whoa, like it just, really, it gets in, scent is a huge thing for me. Like it's such a trigger for I think for, for everybody, but True. I didn't realize there was that smells down there. Well, just like little things where I'll pick up like this little elephant trinket and it's just like, reminds me why I bought that elephant trinket yeah. and then it sat on the desk. Well, this is, and this is where you say that and, and right away I get in, I feel a certain amount of sadness. Yeah. And kind of an unexplained sad, like not. I feel like that's what Anthony Bourdain's quote is like. In a way, it wasn't. It it? leaves a little bit of a ding in you because it's like. And the sad part is, is just, you know, when you talk about that comfort phase, you're like, yeah, look at another monkey. Oh, look at that lizard's big, isn't it? Mm. Oh, there's a cobra just went down the street, Uh whatever. Oh, I got to swim in this pool again. Why don't they put a, you know, whatever. Then, you know, those last days, when we were, we decided to leave. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I really just, I, I had enough. I had well, enough. You, it, I had enough of a, the workplace. Yeah. I had enough of being, you know, after a while, I was the lone expat there. Mm-hmm. There were some Indonesian guys, which they're expats, but I mean, they're so close to home. It, it's not a big lifestyle change for them. But we just, we had to get out of there. You know, we had to scrape that gold in a bag and, and just, 
I can't even watch that video. Like, I am a puddle at the end. There's like two videos. I think one is Goodbye Malaysia. And there's a scene where I've got Jack in the stroller and Esme's walking beside me. And we're walking out of Straits Key, or not Straits Key, but the new mall, uh, the Gurney. Perry. Paragon. Paragon. Mm. And it was kind of like this covered thing. And it as, as we're, you stood still as we walked away. And I was like, Ugh. like it's because it was so familiar. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we didn't, you never went back to Canada in four years. I went back twice mm-hmm. solo. So when you stay, and I think it's like any place, if wherever you're living, if you've moved to a new city, two years in a place, I feel like all of a sudden is home. You have the places you like to shop, the places like you eat, your your activities, your regular routines. Yeah. I mean, forget all of, We were driving on the other side of the car. Oh, I know. I found out road. when I came back to Canada how Hello. much I was... Was that, are you texting me? Nope. So that pain of it, you know, like, you know, I remember we were leaving the country. We had our ticket. I think we first went to Thailand first. And we got on... It was not a... wasn't a... A, a large flight, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a long distance flight. So we got on a little propeller driven machine and, you know, holding the kids take off into that cloudy sky and, or the blue sky and pop, popping through the clouds. And I remember trying to distract myself from something like just that feeling of just, you know, I don't know if, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't feel sad in a way, but it, it felt like we I free floating. Mm-hmm. And that you get to the, the part about coming back to Canada and that overwhelming feeling of being like, just like you're floating in space. Like you're, like you're nothing. an expat again, almost. Like an it's expat, a, but you, you're, yeah, I guess. But there's you're, no you're visual looking, cues Well, you're for looking for else. things to hang on to. And the fact of the matter is, is, you know, when we came back, after we had traveled around, mm. I didn't really enjoy the travel that much. I, I, my mind was, I left work and I was so happy to be out of work. And then, all of a sudden, I want to go to work again. Well, it was that was yeah, that's a different thing. But yeah. I think one of the things actually gets me a little bit pissed off about it is people were almost like, "Aren't you happy to be back?" And I'm like, "No." It was like you went through reverse. So there are videos where I'm talking about how I feel about being back, and I remember reading through the comments, and somebody said, "Honey, you have reverse culture shock," and I was like, "That's a thing." Do they call you honey? probably but i was like i didn't know that that was a thing and when i looked up what reverse culture shock was everything i said in that video was exactly that like i was mad that people like didn't want to know about my experience they couldn't relate they get the like not everybody but there was like a feeling of like no if i can i know what you're saying but if i can just kind of go and just say that's one thing that was different about being an expat again but in reverse is that when you went over there you're like Oh hey, can you please? I I I you know I don't know anybody. Can I become a part of a yeah. group? You come here, and you know Malaysia or in my case Korea or China or anything came out of your mouth. You're an automatic oddball. Maybe even arrogant. And, because, oh, er, maybe it's because arrogance. how dare you have experiences that are different from mine? Yeah. What do you think you're better than me? Yeah. And in reality, you're just looking for some common ground so you can grab onto something. And unfortunately, I don't know how you feel. But after years of being back here, I still don't feel any real attachment to people. Uh, uh, I mean, of course, I have friends and whatnot, but I don't feel a strong attachment. I don't feel like there's any commitment either way. So we've talked about this mm -hmm. in length. Except we just met a lady who had a coffee shop who... She lived in Korea, and I feel like we're best friends. (laughs) Because like... Don't you? Because 
she was like, blah, 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 talking, all of a sudden somehow came up. We naturally, in conversation, will bring up Malaysia with new people. It's just like a thing that we do. I think it's kind of trying to find out, like, have you traveled? I don't yeah, know why I we do we it. I think we do. I don't, I hope we don't do it in that way. Like, hey, how you doing? Well, we were in Malaysia for... <laughs> People no, like, we're definitely more smooth than that. I'm talking about like if you're having a 15, 20 minute conversation, like you're trying to get to know people, you drop in little things here and there. Yeah. And um, and anyway, and she so she mentioned she lived in Korea and it was like when she said the Korea thing, it's almost like a bunch of layers fell off the conversation and we went to like a deeper, holy sure. shit, let's talk about this, dude. We need to right. grab a coffee and sit down. Right. But one of the things, just coming back to what you were saying before, about how you feel like you haven't really made connections because you and I have talked about this a lot. And I felt, again, being back, when we came back to Canada, like my job as it is now wasn't as it is now. There, no. I was still trying to build something and trying to figure out what the hell I was doing here. But so I was immersed back into this like stay-at-home mom. Can you turn that like, <laughs> my dear? <laughs> Sorry. So we come back and you are now back at work getting established again you'd come out here to ontario before we did and then when i got here i was immersed back into the stay-at-home mom thing so trying to meet you know friends stay-at-home mom places libraries or whatever and i found after meeting a few people that my tactic i had to switch it and i had to kind of not talk about my experiences overseas as much because i would lose people because i would be like oh my god i just got back and i'm so excited and a lot of people were like what now you know well and and this is the thing that we both talked about and that you could really bring it up and i get the same thing in the workplace or you know wherever and um you know but what i was saying is like so in order for me to start making new connections I had to have a little bit more strategy in like how I interacted with people and sort of like, I really do feel like I had to, I have had to take my experiences overseas and put them in like the back room. They're in the storeroom, you know, and yeah. I don't, I don't pull them out. They come out, they're like the special plates that come out for when you have like special guests <laughs> over and stuff. Yeah. The Royal Dalton comes out. Exactly. Because I feel like there are some people who get it and who can accept you and be open-minded and have discussions and like be genuinely curious about your experiences. And then there are going to be people who maybe it's fear, but there's, there's a hesitation to want to know anything about that experience. Maybe it, it, you feel like disconnected or there's nothing that relatable element isn't there. Mm -hmm. So it takes away from that friendship part and then you're not able to form that connection and therefore there's that isn't that like that you don't feel like you have a real friend there where now how many years have we been here just over three years or something mm-hmm. yeah i figured out that there's some people that are my people that i can talk to about my experiences i can talk to about current stuff happening and it's all good yeah but you it, it's hard harder to find those people and i think also just our personalities although they mesh well together i definitely am very extroverted and can meet new people and it's no big deal where I find you're sort of, you're not introverted, but you just, you require a little bit more time away from people, you know, to like regroup. In some cases, you know, well, I was overseas for a long time. A lot longer than me. And I had made some very close friends. And, you know, when you, you, you're, well, where are you going? I'm going to Los Angeles. Oh, I'm going to Moscow or Tel Aviv or something. And you separate and you come together and you have a meal together and life 
and conversation is just so intense and you you really kind of it's like a brotherhood or sisterhood kind of thing with these people and then you know these people are or pilots in general especially mm-hmm. expatriate pilots you know you're experiencing very interesting things they're putting you through the ringer to qualify on that jet you're always under scrutiny and whatnot and so coming back i guess i still have that type of person around um but not as much and Mm -hmm. and i I, like you know we met the lady from the coffee shop there and i was like oh wouldn't that be interesting to just talk about korea and and you know my experiences in korea and hers and you know and uh, uh that type of thing really pulls me into a friendship where it's just like hey man let's get together and you know, have a beer or whatever. That, yeah, not so much. I don't want. I don't find it interesting to talk about just daily life type of things, which I find more often than not we're talking about once, since we moved back. Right. And that sounds really snooty, doesn't it? No, I but, don't think it. I think there's a lot of people like you who you're. I when you're talking, I almost hear like you're almost conserve. You'd rather conserve your energy than just spill it on anybody for no for like a fluffy reason. I don't know. And I think yeah. something that's unique to our relationship is that I mean, it's funny. Like I go to events and I go to parties constantly by myself, but it's no big deal because I know that it's not your thing. It's not something that you're particularly interested. In attending. How are you relating that to expat life? Well, I'm just talking about how, like, meeting people and talking about that and making friends being back. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's almost like you don't you don't want to have those random, like, hey, well, how was your week conversations. ways, because, like we talked about before, I still have illusions that we'll be going back over there. Right. Not Malaysia, wherever. Someplace different, because... I miss the buzz. Right. And the adventure. I, I want two things. I want this, the new experience, that rush of like, oh my God, how does the, uh, how do the light switches work? Or is this, do I drive on the right or the left? I, I know what the, what the Anthony Bourdain quote was about. We both felt that. Mm-hmm. I want to leave a little part of myself and I want to take a little bit away from some of these places i'm not done yet right and in that respect when you meet new people and cultivate friendships you kind of just don't want to disappoint anyone by saying you know what i'm out of here because you've experienced that yourself and i think it's interesting you talking about it because i mean not to get too real but i mean we're being pretty darn real here but i think it's you have moved so much in your life Mm. that i think setting roots for real is it's not something that you actually know how to do like you know you've lived in so many places and constantly been on the move whether it's three years five years yeah seven years yeah even when you were in places with roots you were still traveling around yeah you know it's a you it's turn a into a rambling man that's for sure <laughs> But and and like, luckily, you know, it, it wasn't in a way that some people experience where it was just, yeah, I'm traveling, I'm staying in a Motel 6 here or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, aviation overseas affords you to stay in some pretty nice places free of charge. Traveling to places that you're like, what am I doing here? You know. And it is exciting. It is exciting. And you meet interesting. I remember one time um, you called me in Taipei or something and 
or I don't even know actually which place it was now, but you sat next to a person who she had a very interesting job and she was like living in the States and we all became friends on Facebook. And I can't even remember her name now because it was so many years ago, but you do meet interesting people because you're, you know, you're, you're not in one place for very long. Like you're traveling around. So it's, it's, it's a thing that is hard for us right now in this phase because we do have little kids and it's like, it would be easy to pick up and go somewhere, but then it's also not easy because then you also do have roots that are here and a house and it's a, it's a thing. But for me, it would always be easy. Right. I don't have any attachment. Although I like our house now, we we've, we're making it lovely, and uh, it's such a community that we live in. Mm. We have nice neighbors, and some of them not so nice. Just it's just a regular, <laughs> it's, it's regular life. It's just a regular life. Yeah. But we have some great people around us, and, and and it's exciting. But it wouldn't stop me, right? And and I don't think anything would. And I think Esme's like me. We're just like let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, rented out, furnished pack your stuff let's go because mm-hmm. where i make those yeah i i make deep connections with people like but, I'm you, a, but you need to learn that you will do that i shouldn't say, oh, sound like i'm a man schooling he is, you. he's mansplaining me but like mansplaining. <laughs> no <laughs> what i'm snack. saying is it's that like, you, no, but i don't but think you that you finish. know that how much how much you connect with people you could be in ethiopia in mm-hmm. the sahara desert in you know in southern india you could be anywhere and you'd be like hey dude we're friends you now. Know, you no, but friends. what I was going to say is that I have now lived in many places and had big moves mm-hmm. in many places, and it hurts, and it it will always and forever hurt me to leave and to arrive because I feel things very deeply, and I make those connections. And, like, you know, they have that those stupid memes that are like, if you're going to love someone deeply enough, it's going to hurt to let them go or some shit like that. But I feel like that about <laughs> friendship. Because you really believe it's some shit like that. But you know what I mean? But, like, for mm-hmm. because I really do that. I don't like... I'm not a surface person like if we're gonna be friends you better sit down and get yourself a glass of wine like i want to know what's going on you know what i mean yeah. like, i want to get deep i want to like you're my if you're in my circle you're my you're my person yeah. and i will cherish and lo- be loyal and all of that so for me to go it is hard as hell however in that same vein like i was having actually just having a conversation with friends recently saying that I have moved around and people are very important to me, but I think I've learned now in life that like friendships may not be forever. Like sometimes a friendship is for a time and place. Yeah. And you know, whether that time and place was my four years living in Penang and you're my person and we're going to be BFFs during that time. I appreciate that. Like when you move and you leave a place, life goes on in that place mm-hmm. and your life goes on and mm-hmm. you're going to be immersed in different people and proximity defines friendships. Mm-hmm. So, but it still doesn't make it any easier. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. So since you've come back, mm-hmm. is there any friends that you had before that now the feeling's just not the same or or is it just or you haven't experienced that do you mean like friends i had here yeah and so i've left and come back here right has anything changed everything's changed the way you deal with those people or the way way that your relationship has changed absolutely i'm trying to think like i just we don't have that friendship anymore don't start spouting off any names otherwise you can i wouldn't no but i think it's that's what i was just saying is Mm. like friendships sometimes are span a time in your life 
Yeah, and I, agree. I treasure that time yeah. where it's like, yeah, we were, we, we, you know, we went go back to like college days and we had an awesome two years and those two summers were epic and I cherish and I value that friendship. I respect you as a person, yeah. but it, it, we can't go back. You can't recreate no. that time. So, but I mean, what I mean is that, and I, I, I kind of relating it to my own story because I want, but I wanted to know what you feel because I don't think we've ever talked about it, but yeah. You know, I've experienced that where you, you've come back and you've, you know, and, and, and you, you, you dump a little bit of that, like spill a little of the, of that sadness out and just say, you know what, dude, I'm having a hard time a little bit. I, I find it at, at first, it's like, just like being an expat, like you said, you're like, this is cool. I'm back. Look at the size of these grocery stores. Nothing smells weird here. You don't need this, to buy anything in bulk. This, yeah, this is great. Yeah. They will have Cheese Whiz the, next week. Cheese Whiz will be there. <laughs> yeah. But they, um, you know, you bring something up and they, they take it as an offense, a personal mm. offense to them. When you complain about something, it's just like, you know, and you can explain it. You could explain it a hundred times and say, look, dude, it's not about you. I just want someone to tell some of my problems to and they're not they're not biting because you think you had this special friendship before right so you know me and i know you yeah and so i just want to share a little bit about me yeah but i totally hear you because i and this is where i i try not to have too much expectation from other people and i I don't know i don't always get that right Mm -hmm. but it's like i can't expect that person who hasn't had my similar experiences to understand why I'm feeling this way. So it's I think you could say that with anyone, regardless of an expat experience or not. But I think, and so this is where you and I differ because I actually never went back to old friends. I made all new ones. True. And I did. Yeah. Right. I was like, you also moved across the entire country. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. Cause I'm, from one part of the country, moved to the next, came back. That said, though, I lived in Toronto for two years, and I know a bunch of people. Mind yeah. you, a lot of them have moved, but it's not like I'm seeking them out because I I feel like maybe it's the way women make friendships too. It's just like, first of all, not all of those friends that I had have children. They don't all have children now. I find yeah. it harder to make... When we first got back, I was seeking out women who had children around the similar age so our kids could be friends. But I also really appreciated that what I need out of a friend is someone who I can grab a coffee with occasionally, who live within proximity. And I was like, I also need to meet people who kind of know this town and can help me out with stuff. So I kind of came at it almost like rather strategically when I think about it. I know what you mean. And that disappointment in old friendships thinking like, why why couldn't that person just think less of themselves and maybe just for a minute appreciate the gravity of like what your experience may have been and some of the struggles you have coming back or if not that then just a moment of compassion where yes. you realize cuz it's no joke like it's such a hard thing to to explain well swimming pools and nice gin and tonics and linen clothing and, and linen clothing depending on where you live truth and and you kind of go yeah yeah but okay yeah but that was kind of par for the course mm-hmm. because what were you supposed to do live in a tin hut and like buy you know wear a sarong mm-hmm. you know you, you were fitting in with a group of people that you're more comfortable fitting in with 
And there's certain aspects of that, that that's expat life. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to explain, you know, coming back and the shock of it. And I think it's like someone trying to explain, you know, what a drag it is to win the lottery or something, you know, they, how they take it. True. So, yeah, it, that's that's been that's been a very hard part. And I think it's something that's that's it never would really go away. You just kind of get used to it. And I, but unfortunately, I feel what makes me sad about that, you know, you, certain experiences you have had is that like your only person in some ways to talk to about it is like me and then a few of your friends that are abroad. But you it's like you've had a couple of crappy experiences that make you think, well, maybe I shouldn't actually talk about this with with new people because it's like you too mean, much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I do think that there are good people out there, but when you've had like four shitty experiences or whatever the number is, you don't, you're like, screw it. I'm not going for number five. Like, I'm just going to. Sorry, you mean with regard to. Like trying to connect with people. Trying to connect back. with people. Yeah, you know, and, but that's my own fault. I, I don't. I don't blame my um, my ability to retain or, or or actually even make an effort to build friendships based on what other people are like. Right. I mean, if I wanted to make the effort, I'll make the effort, and and I have, and I have friends. But you know, it's just uh, well, we said it already. It's it's hard to make those friends that fit in with your experiences sometimes, and sometimes it be, it's like a marriage sometimes. It becomes a burden on mm-hmm. one person to accept how the other person is, or vice versa, or at the same time. And too much has changed, you know? And too much has changed. And I think that's and where... You, you, for the first time in your life, you understand how different you can get. Like, oh I God, have a, yeah. a good friend who was my best friend for years, and you know what? We don't see eye to eye anymore. Mm-hmm. And and there is uh, animosity uh, between us and... Uh, and it, it's nothing that you can even put your finger on. Right. You couldn't specifically say, oh, it's because of this. You can't hash it out either because... It's 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 an assumed thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's like the relationship's gone from across the room of like, I don't like the way he looked at me. Well, I don't like the way he looked at me either. That's yeah. as far as it kind of goes. <laughs> even though you know each other, yeah. you don't really know, well, why, why did you like the way I look at you? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. You think you're so good with your linen pants and when... <laughs> And finery, you know what I mean? Yeah. When so, I so at a certain my... point in time, you just go, okay. Well, that was fun. It's been fun. Check, please, and you leave yeah. the friendship. I, totally. Well, and I think that's where, for some reason, which is weird, actually, when you come down to it, because where you just we were just talking about before, like if you could pick up and go live somewhere else, you're like, yeah, it'd be easy. Mm. But somehow you have a harder time letting go of older friendships where I'm like, peace out, sauerkraut. We're too, we're too different, my friend. Like it ain't going to work out. And I, thank God that I married you because no, I'm serious. There was a lot. I mean, I, we all went, I don't think you, maybe you're not old enough to experience that yet. There is a stand by here. (laughs) Where where are you going with this? What I'm saying is is that, you know, I went through that thing when, when we were in Vancouver where, you know, I just all of a sudden one year I just got this interest like where the hell is Jenny? You know, <laughs> oh, where's on, uh, this. where's Tom? Where where are these people? 
and you know, start tracking these people down. And you know why I don't have this problem? What? Because Facebook exists, and I know what everyone's been doing since freaking college. No, but that's true. But people but of time, my generation don't all aren't always on Facebook. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is previous generations are like, oh, we have to reconnect with so and so. Where I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm good. I know what everyone's been doing for the last. 15 but what years. I'm saying is that is that so that was one, and you were with me because one one after another, we, like we met that that one girl that oh, I was yeah. friends with, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, well, <laughs> I thought. Yeah, you're kind of not what I thought. I prefer thought. the story than the real thing, yeah. <laughs> you do. You prefer the memory because to the person. the person held... It comes back to my whole theory of like yeah. appreciating the time and space that that friendship was. Yeah. But it is no longer. And it's yeah. like time to put it in that memory book and Isn't put it, it in the drawer. time to say goodbye song should come on right now? Yeah, no kidding. That Italian, whatever. But, but you know what I mean? Like it's... And so I, anyway, what yeah. I was going to say, it's good to have someone in a relationship that has the ability to, to do that and to make it clear cut and said, peace out, dude, I'm out. Yeah. Because I, I don't really, you know, before social media, I grew up where, I mean, we look at even since um, China, we didn't have smartphones. We we had, you know, oh the, my God. How the did Motorola flip phone. our relationship? Phone. We were calling each other on skype and it was the crappiest connection yeah but it wasn't i heard yeah i used to have to get long distance phone cards right and call the number and then figure out the 25 digit code right to get to you right it was insane yeah god but yeah you're I right know. wasn't that what oh my god heck? i know that's a whole other conversation Did but we i even think... have and but even since malaysia i mean we just had like we were on iPhone number. You don't even go by years now. You go by it's an iPhone three. No, I know. No, I we had iPhone fours and four S's. Yeah, and, and I, I got you got five. the long one. You got the five. Because you always get the nice phone, and I get your <laughs> shitty phone. Sloppy seconds. You're like you're sucker. old. You can't work the electronics, <laughs> idiot. <sighs> no, but so. But we, but you know, in a way, it's funny. I never really thought about it this way. But we balance each other out because you're right. When it comes to like letting stuff go and i i for some reason can make those decisions a little bit better but also similarly when it comes to taking a risk and doing something crazy like selling all your shit and moving to malaysia i'm i'm like that person that's like holding me in the door frame like no no i'm not no i'm not ready wait I know. and then someone has to push me out and the even plane. stronger now <laughs> Someone has to push me out of the plane, and then I'm like, "This is amazing." But you know, you know? what? As you get old, and this is, you know, this is gonna sound really pathetic, because, I, and you know this about me is that, you know, I've lost a lot of spark out of my plug. <laughs> Hold on, back that up. Come I, again? I, I've lost a lot of ambition. Like I feel like I put so much into my career, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a hill. It keeps getting steeper. Mm. So we were just, so just to get you and I on the same page. So we were talking about taking risks, you know, doing new things. Maybe we'll just like wrap it up here. We've been talking about a lot of things. And I think it's interesting how I feel like even this conversation was kind of like a little bit of a circle. Like, you know, you start out reminiscing about all these stories, the beauty, the colors, the smells, the flavors, all the amazing things that come from being in a new place but then all of a sudden it becomes like a regular place because it becomes like your home. Mm-hmm. And then there's shit you don't like about it. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's not your home and your contract is up. Yeah. And you have to come home. Home in like quotes, air quotes. Because you get back and you realize, oh damn. Like 
time has passed yeah. and it, it it's not like I remember it. And I feel, I feel like the biggest lesson from this for me yeah. is that you are never coming back to anything. You are starting new. So when we arrived, yes, we're visiting family and we were trying to get established. But when we finally you know, came to Ontario again, because we've lived here before mm-hmm. and we're establishing ourselves, I came at it like, yeah, okay, I know some people, but I got to meet a whole new plethora of people because I am so different than the person I was 10 years ago when I lived here because it's been a long time where you had other maybe more meaningful people that you tried to reach out to and it was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. You know, and then here we are now kind of going, all right, if you think about our life now in terms of like the way contracts work in, you know, when we were away, mm-hmm. well, we're coming up to like year four here. So are we doing a contract shift or what? Well, that's it. You know? Is it another contract? Right. Because, you know, four to six years, that's, well, no, there's exceptions, but four to six years, that's all you're going to last. Right. Be- because it's the the nature of, of any job in expatriateville is that, you know, you love it, you get used to it, or you hate it, then you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing maybe is happening uh, here. But I mean... You know what my biggest fear mm. is of going away is that I don't think... So backtrack for a minute. One of my biggest pulls to come back was my grandparents because my grandparents were still alive when I left. I always wanted to come back and see them and I did and there was health issues. Well, now they're both gone mm-hmm. and I still have family here, but I don't see them very often, to be honest. Like I see a few family members quite regularly, but there's some that I see about the same that I saw when I was living overseas. You know what I mean? Right. The same frequency. The same frequency. And maybe the quality isn't the same because it's like when you come back from overseas, it's like, oh my God, she's back. And you have like this intense two to three week visit with people, you know, where like here you're like, oh, maybe I have like an hour. You know, when you, when you think about leaving again, coming back to what my biggest fear would be, truly it's that I don't think that we'll come back. And that is like a, I don't know. That's a hard pill to swallow, and maybe that's not the case. What, so you, what do you, you mean? What do you mean again? I feel like if we, okay, well, it's twofold because I, I, you know, I feel like if we decide to do another expat experience and we're going to go overseas again, mm-hmm. there's something that tells me that we're likely not coming back. There's something that tells me I don't think you would come back to Canada. Like I don't know what would bring you back unless for some reason our grown children were like we want to go back or something. Do you know what I mean? Good point. I never thought about that. And actually that's pretty, that scares me because I just happened to pull off a pretty good job here, Mm -hmm. you know, which is kind of difficult in Canada to get on a big jet, Mm -hmm. make some decent cash. It has been for a while. Of course, times are changing, but good point. I never thought about that. And then I think once we're gone, we're gone. And see, that's what worries me. So like something that we had talked about before, as I said to Dean, like, hard stop if we were to go overseas again i want to keep this house mm. because there's something that tells me like i've got roots in the ground because that's something actually we didn't really talk about when we were away you and i would dream about having a home in like in uh, pei or do you remember like, ireland or somewhere, or somewhere ireland yeah. like to have a place that was our own because mm-hmm. one of the reasons we didn't actually come back as a family to canada is because There was nowhere for us to really go. And one of the biggest problems, I forgot about this as expats, is that when you come back home, air quotes, you 
are required for some reason to do even more travel to all of your family members and all of the people you know like you're like some monkey you're the dancing. traveler they're yeah. not the traveler and you know what and you make that's a great point i mean i think we have a similar family that we, diane keaton was not our mother <laughs> so why you know, i really wanted the turtleneck but anyway yeah, yeah i want the turtleneck too yeah. the whole thing is the is white that, kitchen mm. yeah the white kitchen the, the white stones the little yeah. you know we didn't come back to that forest gump house and with all the spare bedrooms all the spare and bedrooms and all this room and you know a good bunch of fried chicken on the table and some lemonade that just didn't exist although my mom and dad really try hard oh gosh, your parents they did their best but you know they, they don't want to they we had, we lived with them for eight months that was insane we did. well but, we 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 didn't know what to, we kind of ran into this thing and we didn't talk about that it's almost another thing to talk about is that right you come back home like we said let's travel the world mm-hmm. well how long did that last esme had started her night terrors in Thailand, in mm-hmm. Philippines, we had in a Hong little Kong. Bitty, chubby. I was gonna say little bitty baby. He was little, but he was big. You know, he was eight months old. Jackie was eight months old. And we were putting him on a boat to Boracay. Oh God! In a in a rainstorm. Boy, we're responsible. Mind you, they had life jackets. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> you yeah. Only hashtag live once. whatever YOLO means. <laughs> you only live once. Oh yeah. Oh right. I tried YOLO. to save you by saying it. No, no, it's fine. Generation gap. But no, there's a lot of things to think about. You don't think about right. And the thing is, is that. You know what I got out of it when I started? I was traveling because even when we were there, we did another trip. We did to Mexico, and mm-hmm. it, the the traveling wore off real quick. And I'm just I, I I know people are always like, oh, why don't you travel? And I was like, this is hard to explain, but it's like I'm traveled out a little bit. Yeah, we like, travel a lot. We did a ton of travel and I'm good for a little while and I'm yeah. you and I both kind of agree that we're waiting for the kids to get a little bit older where we're not lugging strollers or having to carry anybody and everybody yeah. can stay awake a little bit past bedtime and like right. so it's a different experience but yeah like back to the fear of going away and then compounded with maybe because I'm a mom and I worry about the mom things, I think that our children, I think what pisses me off about that rule about our kids and their children, how them being Canadian and all that stuff, I think our kids will naturally have a higher tendency or perhaps be wanting to travel the world because their history is rooted in a different place. You know, they feel connected to another place. And Jack doesn't remember Malaysia and he talks about Malaysia. Yeah, he does. And uh, isn't that something that he does? But you know what the sad thing about that is, boy, there's lots of like I know. ups and downs about the thing. And, and you know, when you read that uh, Anthony Bourdain quote, you just kind of go, yeah, yeah, Anthony, whatever. But the more you talk about it and you bring back up things about it, you know, the like, you know, I'm, it's certainly not even close to being a sad experience. It's a very uplifting experience. Going away, yeah. But those tiny little scars that oh, you how about this? experience. And one of the things, just let me, yeah. tell, let me tell you this one, is, is think about the kids. Like Esme was born in Penang mm-hmm. at, at the Island Hospital. The only person Mrs. I Yao, cried was with. Was Yao? Mrs. Yao was the head nurse. Remember that? Uh-huh. I bawled my eyes out talking to my OB, telling him we were moving. I made an appointment to go talk to him because he was like... Oh, he's so great. He brought my babies into the world and yeah. I'm here today because of that. In a pool, we had a water birth or tried. Turned crazy town. Turned but you know, like... Town. That's another... You know, but we, you, you know, we talk about how those scars... How about I missed my brother's wedding? Yeah. How about... Oh, I didn't want to cry, but I, I might cry. 
well, you missed your brother's wedding and you missed a whole bunch of stuff. And, and my grandpa died and, and your grandpa on the day that I was going back to see him. And it's yeah. just like, mm. Yeah. No, it's it's very emotional. There's a lot of things and it all comes out. And you think about Esme and Jack. Like Esme will one day go, oh, on my birth certificate, my passport. Oh, I was born in It's Penang. in Malay. Yeah. I, yeah. I was born in Penang, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And you, she goes back there and, you know, what does she really have other than her... The place that she was born, the hospital. The memories that we share. The memory that we shared. And 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 to go back there, like, you know, all the things that they got to do and see as, you know, little kids and, and the community that was in Malaysia that, uh, you know, the, the, the older Chinese lady taking her walk in the botanical gardens and Esme runs off and she turns, eh. Hey, Little girl, you turn around, you'd listen to your mother. Oh, yeah. And she, Esme just stops in her tracks. Like, you know, that feeling of, hey, thanks. That was really, you know, that's cool. Like, it's a real... Like, you made me feel like I belong mm-hmm. because you acknowledged me. And or how about you're in the restaurant and it's like, your, your, your dinner comes, your lunch comes, and they're like, can I hold your baby? And initially, with our first baby, oh, we were like, sure. no, what? No. Second baby, you're like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. They're just like sweet women who love children and love families yeah. and they just want to hold your and baby. You don't even have, you know, at first, like, yeah, they're, they're very kind, you know, just to offer that stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's, it's a, a lot, lot to things. talk about because it's, it's a like, lot to talk about. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it, it's, there's a, there is, it, you know, I said to you before we started filming this, like, I feel like living overseas unlocked a part of my brain, unlocked a part of my heart that, maybe was always there that adventure seeking element of i mean as a little girl i don't know if you even knew this i had a book one of these giant books that if you opened it it was like a map of continents and countries and i would turn the page and it would show you like africa and what they built in africa and what they had in africa and i would dream about being this doctor without borders that's what i wanted to do and i would sit in my room like Get they don't me. have air conditioning where they go. No, I don't I think. Know. But, but I would say, <laughs> listen, we have adapted. You, yeah, but I would. I, they don't call I me knew. five star for nothing because I cannot. I can't. Yeah, get do they into know that? Tense. I, I call Dean five star. Story for another day. Oh but God. I used to dream about mm. exploring an adventure, and then I had have had an adventure, and right. it's like your heart wants more of it but in the same breath there's that welsh word i was trying to find it as we were talking but it's a welsh word <laughs> it's that welsh. means it's there's a lot of letters but it's a word that means is there any, co- any your, vowels okay sorry go ahead. stop talking <laughs> <laughs> but it's they have it's having your heart in two places at the same time oh, sure. yeah and that feeling of like why can't i just be in both places you know yeah. there is there is sacrifice. There are things you give up mm-hmm. as much as there are things that you gain. But I think it's so easy for when you come back, for when we were talking about the difficulty of being back, for people to only hear you say all, or if they only seem to think about all the things that were so simple. Oh, mm-hmm. you had a driver. Oh, you had help. Oh, it was summer permanently. Yeah, babe. But like I had two C-sections and no family there to help only the second one and my parents never got to come see us and my dad only met my daughter when she was three and it's like there's a lot more to it and there's a lot of things that you're willing to give up but even though you gave up and there was all of that sacrifice and all of those hard things it was still one of if not the greatest experience i've yeah. had in my life yeah to date sure and a lot of the things that you talk about like when we talk about, well, we both don't have Diane Keaton as a mom. Right. My parents are, you know, there were six kids. I'm the second youngest. And we're out there. 
they've kind of always just let me let me be they're there they're very supportive but you know they're not they're older too and they're not rushing around the world to you know to to pull up your pants and tie your shoes anymore although they did come to see us twice they did it's amazing and it was amazing times and the same with your family is is that you know very much you feel like you know you're you're kind of stepping out on the edge because in a lot of times and maybe maybe our relationship changed more overseas because in a lot of cases we were looking at each other and we were all that each other had like we were family i think before but you yeah you're my person like we've been through a lot over there like even just that one bout of near death experience in bali with like <laughs> with food poisoning <coughs> i mean it transcends oh, yeah. some layers of relationship status but it's i've I held think, your hair back a few times oh i'd say it's true and you're right i didn't even think about that element of like how we're bonded even more to each other because of that and how but we often say how nice it is to have each other to talk to about it because you don't get like i wouldn't just call up my friend in the uk and like reminisce about stuff because sometimes it's hard to reminisce sometimes it hurts you know but you sometimes need to do it in the way that uh you know the the lady that and the family we knew from the netherlands Mm -hmm. we saw them and we were close to them and you know and, and and they had they had that uh, nice little boy. You know, he was so polite. And you know, I've exchanged emails a, a few times. You know, after a while, you kind of just feel like I don't know if I want to do that anymore. We live on the other side mm-hmm. of the planet, and our lives have been filled up with children and work mm-hmm. and your business and, and household chores and all and how, sorts of stuff right you know yeah. you know you want to step out there you want to step out the door and go to new zealand or australia or wherever but the dishwasher needs to be unloaded mm-hmm. the, the you know we have a dog to put in a kennel now there's car payments to make mm-hmm. there, there's things to do you wonder sometimes if we talk about the jackhammering of the tiles mm-hmm. in a way it's like one of these things where it's so sweet, but then those tiles start getting jackhammered out of an apartment. And you're like, this sucks. You leave, and then in a certain way, you go, you know what? I wonder how I would feel if I you know, saw the men dragging the jackhammer into my neighbor's place. Would it make me feel like, oh, isn't that nice and familiar, you know? Right. Did we even tell them about the jackhammer? I don't think we did. We started talking we about did. sticks. Shit. We skipped that whole damn, damn section. Well, the whole thing is that I don't even know if we have time to get into that now. Maybe just short and sweet. <laughs> so in Penang, mm-hmm. one of the greatest pains in the asses mm-hmm. of living as an expat, I guess in Malaysia, maybe all over Southeast Asia, is that in these apartments, they were all tile. And when somebody would move in, buy, rent, whatever, in would walk these guys with jackhammers and they would jackhammer the first six inches. I guess it would just be the not the cement but the concrete or or vice versa the jackhammer would go down through the soft concrete or cement sorry and hit the concrete and not go any farther but right in the process in the process they could be on the hundredth millionth floor and you be on the first floor and that pure uh, insanity it is pure insanity because every wall around you emits like that jackhammer sound and i tell you it's almost like I think if you left a child in there, they would go, it would kill them. It was insane. And, and you, the you know, dust we that walk, would come in our place. The dust and the it sound. It made no sense to change the tile half a different color of gray. 
Like it was pure and madness. Exactly. It would either be that white or an off gray. Yeah, never anything different. That's it. That was that's all they had. So the jackhammer. So coming back to that, like we talked about sticks and the loud noises. There was a, a little bit of the an assault sticks, yeah. on your senses. There sometimes was. good, sometimes bad. Right? There was, yeah. Crazy heat. The air conditioning would turn off. I would have a panic attack thinking I'm going to have to go live in the mall. Like, you know, because it was so hot yeah. and I was so pregnant. But so yeah, you're right. Like it's, there is good with the bad, you know, when you're over there, you know, you live in yeah. these grandiose apartments, 2,400 square feet. And then the apartment that's generally empty upstairs all of a sudden for three weeks has the cocky little kid from whatever country visiting running, running back and forth running back and forth. blasting music because it's like his cottage but yeah. it's a condo you live there yeah and they're visiting mm-hmm. yeah it's a different life so boy that's a whole other thing isn't it i mean we could talk about this yeah. but i think we have talked we pretty enough. well got it swimming pools to jackhammers honestly and yeah. all of the in-betweens but what a ride huh but sometimes i think i would take the jackhammer to have that swimming pool again you know that's kind of what I'm saying. I wonder mm. if you could handle the jackhammer for the swimming pool. But there's the thing like you just said, you know, you're sitting around. I walk 30 steps. I can open the fridge and have a glass of milk that doesn't taste, that actually tastes like milk. That comes from a fridge and isn't like on a stand. You that is like you know, what, that weird milk. What's with that? Like, I don't know. How do they that do that? That was some weird milk. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But, but you know what'd be good? So I think you, I think there's more to I think once this is kinda like our first time talking together. Yeah. About and, Penang. And, and to be like, honest, we don't talk about it in length like no, this. No, we don't. So we this is a bit have. of a therapy session. It is a therapy session. I wonder if it's gonna convince us to get out of here again. Shit or not. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, it's good to talk about it. I it think is. we're gonna have to talk more about that. It'd be interesting to get some feedback Absolutely. from people that have traveled a lot and also people that haven't. Right. And kind of say like, hey guys, you know, I'd be curious, like, did we overwhelm you if you haven't, or did we make it seem exciting? I would be curious to know, like, would you be keen to try it? Because I do get a lot of people watching videos going, In fact, I got a message the other day, this girl's moving to Penang in like three weeks or four weeks. And she's like, I've watched every video and I'm so glad you shared that journey because I've never been so excited. And I'm like, that's cool. cool. Very cool. Oh, she's she's really going to like it. Stay out of the water. Stay out of the water. (laughs) Go to Hard Rock. Crocodiles. Have fun. And Do you know they opened a Starbucks in Tanjabunga? Or not Tanjabunga. Um... The far um, side. We're, Batu Frangi. Batu Frangi. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a whole fun place. I mean. Yeah. Everything in uh, Penang is named after something in Star Trek or the <laughs> or vice versa. Exactly. Well, if you do want to connect with us, you can reach me on socials. So Twitter, Muse Amanda. Instagram, Amanda Muse. Dean is on Instagram at Planet Dean 2 And he's pretty active over there. Um, but also on Facebook, of course, on YouTube, Amanda Muse. And you could email me if you'd like. I generally don't do emails that are not business related. But for the podcast, I'll make an exception. So it's info at AmandaMuse.com. And thanks, Dean, for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm a little nervous to talk at length for that long. But I thanks know. for having the patience to listen to me good god as if we would have trouble like uh, talking is not something we struggle with well anyway i appreciate it it's nice to talk uh at length about that stuff we haven't spoken about it in a while yeah if you enjoy this uh podcast listen to uh more of them and let us know how amanda's doing and i'd like to come on again and yeah talk some more about this sometime 
it'd be fun. And we could do one that's not travel related, but this we was kind of neat. We got, we got lots to talk about. Got lots of years together. Lots of <laughs> things we could go at. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you in the next episode of The Sandwich. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.